Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We, we have a, def, uh, a definition for uh, consecrated. It's to uh, d- devote something exclusively to a particular purpose, a particular purpose. It's, it's, it's saying that I am all yours, God, dedicating your life to a higher purpose than yourself. Consecrate it, consecrate it, right? Dedicating your life to a higher purpose than yourself. So we had a definition uh, last week, but I want to give us a workable definition now, right? So a workable definition for consecration is pulling away from to cling to. Pulling away from to cling to. The Bible says a man shall leave his family and cling to his wife. That means God has a purpose for marriage. But he cannot fulfill that purpose if you don't pull away from family. Not that family is bad, right? Not that family is bad, but you cannot fulfill your purpose if you are clinging to your family and not to your spouse. Because there's a purpose for just you and your spouse. God wants to do something for you and your spouse that's different from from your family. And some people here, some couples here, God's calling you to lead your family. If if your family have that much influence over your life, right, then you you will not be able to fulfill the call that God has for, uh, for you. So it's to cling, it's to leave, it's to pull away from to cling to Jesus. See, we need to leave some unhealthy associations and cling to Jesus. Is somebody there? Yes, amen. So I forgot to give you the the text that I want us to to focus on today is to uh, uh, Luke 10, 38, starting in verse 38. I want us to to spend some time there. And this is a perfect, uh, 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 this story is a perfect illustration how we ought to cling to Jesus. Right. So we're going to follow the prophetic pattern of Mary in her pursuit of Jesus Christ. Right. So hopefully this will catapult you to where you need to go. Right. This is a perfect illustration of how to pursue God. Now, this is Mary Magdalene. Right. She was the woman that was caught in in, in adultery. But she was such a powerful woman, but we, uh, it's not talked about a, a lot. Do you know her name was mentioned 12 times in the Bible? At least 12 times her name, her name was mentioned. Now, she was the one that followed Jesus everywhere he went. He, she was at the cross when he, when, when he died. She was, at, she, she was at the tomb to see was he there. Um, she was mentioned at least 12 times in the Bible. I think more than any other woman in the Bible, more than any other person in the Bible. And so, um, but she had a, a radical, kind of a radical experience with, with Jesus, a radical change when she, when she met him. You know, she, she was the one that got healed uh, from, from a demon, right? 
And, and here in this, in this story, she, she had this encounter with Jesus sitting at Jesus' feet, right? So, so she is a perfect example of how we ought to cling to Jesus. So she had all, she, she had a lot going on in her life, a lot of barriers, a, a lot of struggles, but she was one of the, the biggest followers of Jesus Christ. She was Jesus' disciples. She followed Jesus, his time serving the earth. So let's go to Luke 10. We're going to start in verse 38. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha uh, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, said, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about many things. But the one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away. I want you to underline Verse 42, but the one thing is necessary. And underline, Martha has, cho I mean, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away. So let's, let's kind of dive into this. So we know, you know Martha and, and Mary, um, sisters of Lazarus. And Jesus was really close um, to them, to, to this family. You know, he, he, you know, he broke bread with them um, quite, quite often. So he came over to um, uh, their home and he came over with his disciples. You know, they were like, I think it was like 14 disciples plus Jesus there, right? Um, so Martha got really upset because, you know, 14 people, 15 people come walking in your house, right? It's like, oh, my goodness. And so she was upset with her sister because Martha was doing all the work and her sister was just sitting down talking to Jesus. So she was really upset, right? She had an attitude. But based on this story and Jesus' response to, to Martha, uh, Martha had the wrong priority, right? We know wrong priorities can lead to criticism, right? Jesus, she said, Jesus, you don't even care. <laughs> right? So she blamed Jesus and criticized Martha. Right? So this is, this is the, the scene here. Martha criticizes Jesus. It's like, you don't even care. You don't even care. This is a common theme for some of us Christians, right? When we feel like Jesus, when we go through certain things, we go through bad times, and we just say, Jesus, we say, God, you don't even care. You don't care about my feelings. You don't care about what I'm going through. How did you allow this to happen? Why don't you show up? You don't even care. You don't even care. We start to blame God because of the, the things that we're going through. Is it just me? I don't know. Maybe this is a different church, so I, I may, this may not be the church. Everyone else in here good because we, we don't ever we blame God for, for anything. We're, we're all good, right? 
so you can't really relate to, to Martha, it's okay. So just take this message and share it with someone else that you know that actually go through this. Because you're good. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Right? So, but sometimes we blame God and we fail to see our own error and accuse God for not caring. Right? And then we start, then some people start criticizing others for being blessed. Right? I like to see people when they do good. I like to see people when they get blessed. I'm like, man, you must have been sitting at Jesus' feet. You must have been sitting at Jesus' feet. Come on, God is using you tremendously. You, the only way that he can use you tremendously in a powerful way if you're sitting at his feet. Yeah. Right? So I get, I get excited when I see people do good. Yeah. I get excited when God is using them. That's what it's supposed to be like. Right? God use, uses us to change lives, yes. to change atmosphere. Right? Amen. To walk in a room and be like, nah, nah, nah. I don't sense the presence of God in here. We need, to, we need to change the atmosphere. That's why prayer is important. Let's just change the, the atmosphere right now. Right? That's why we have a, a prayer circle, a, a servant circle, right? so we can change the atmosphere because we care when, when people come in. Right? We, we, you know, we, we come in with stuff sometimes, and we need a word from God. You know, we, some people need to come, need a healing from God, need healing from God. So we need to change, create an atmosphere of healing. Like, it's okay, like, we are humans. We come in with stuff, yeah. but don't leave with it. Yeah. At least leave with some peace about what you're going through. At, le- at least leave with some encouragement of what you're going through. That's why it's important to pray and give things over to God. Yeah. I think we underestimate the power that we have. Mm-hmm. We do have the power to change atmospheres. Are you with me? Yes. See, when reading this text, most people, you, you read, uh, a lot of scholars would say that uh, uh, Jesus rebuked Martha. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't necessarily think it was a rebuke, a harsh re- rebuke. I mean, because just think about it for a second. Fifteen people <laughs> came over her house. And you're going to get upset with her? To, like, she was just like, I need to feed these jokers. <laughs> what is she supposed to do? 15 people. Okay, if 15 people come over your house, what's the first thing you're going to think about doing? Pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> messed up the whole message. <laughs> oh, nothing else to say. Thank God she couldn't order pizza back then. <laughs> but just, I, I had a really good point. I'm telling you, I, uh, thanks for your support. We're, I don't know, that oneness was gone. I was, <laughs> but what is she supposed to do? Right? 15 people came over her home. Right? So she was just like, I, I have to do something. I have to, I have to feed them. I have to feed them. What am I supposed to do? So hospitality was, was highly valued 
and Martha was fulfilling the expected duty of a woman. Right? So, um, um, and Martha's mind, she was only fulfilling her, her duty. See, it was forbidden for a woman to learn as a disciple from a rabbi. So she was just like, I can't, we, we're not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be in the, be in the kitchen. See, Jesus looked at her more than that. <laughs> You're not just a wife. You're not just a cooker. You're not the person that just to prepare the meal. It's more to you, more to you than, than your, the role that you're playing right now. It's more to you. See, I see greatness in, inside of you. It's greatness inside of me. See, Mary understood that. She was at Jesus' feet. She wanted more from Jesus. She knew what was more important. Right? She knew what was more important. See, Martha was just in a routine. Jesus knew that Martha was just in a routine. That's what you normally do when people come over. You prepare a meal and you feed them. Right? So, so she was just in a routine. But if your service to God become a routine, nothing will change. I don't want to be so busy where I become a child that God never knew. Because we get so busy. Just could we look at that picture of Martha uh, with um, all the uh, uh, distractions around her? Do we have that picture? Just look, just look at this. Can we actually relate? Think about your life right now. Can you re really relate to Martha right now with so many distractions around you? Right, and it's sometimes it's just a routine. God, does, God can't move if we're in a routine. Nothing changes in a routine because it's a routine. It's nothing changes. John Maxwell says this, you'll never change your life until you change something you, you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. See, when you are in a routine, God doesn't have your full attention. So we must see, so if you look at the picture of, of, of Mary, that um, um, Jesus had her full attention. Jesus had her full, we get so distracted in, in life about so many other things that's going on, we lose sight what's, much, what's most important. Yeah. The most important is Jesus. We get just so distracted, we become a routine. I, mean, I like to go, I don't like to go, come, go home the same way every time. I like to go different ways, kind of break things up. I don't like to do, do the same thing. I like to see different things. I like to break up a routine. God's going to break up your routine. He wants, if you get, completely give him your life, right, if you completely give him your life, he's going to break up your routine. He's going to do something different in your, in your life. That's what he wants to do. He's going to do something different in your life. Are you ready for God to do something different in your life? How many are just ready to walk in a new season, yeah. right? So he said, I got to change, I gotta change your, your direction because the enemy knows where you're going when you're going the same direction. The enemy knows your routine. You got to switch things up, confuse the enemy. Amen? Amen? Oh, come on, we, we're warming up. We're warming up. So, so that the picture of, of Mary, I love that picture of Mary because she, she's given us uh, an example of how we ought to constantly pursue Jesus. Yeah. Constantly pursue Jesus. I love Jesus' response to, to Martha. 
he was, he was talking about how she was distracted, but he says, he says this, but one thing is necessary. But one thing is necessary. And he says, Mary has chosen the, the good portion which will not be taken away. The one thing is necessary. The one thing is necessary. And it's not, and it's not preparing food. It's time spent with Jesus. Because nothing else would matter. Nothing else should matter than spending time with Jesus. So, so when, when Jesus walked in a room, Mar Martha's thought was, I need to do something. Uh -oh. But when, and when Jesus walked in a room, Mary's thought was, I need to learn something. See, we, we always, as, as we, we're just busy people. We're busy people, and we don't learn anything new. Do we know God has so much to share with us? Yes. He's looking at our lives. We're not bad people, right? Some things we just have to do as parents, right? Some, we, just, we just have to do it as spouse, as we have to work and, and, and all of that. But, but Jesus is saying, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. It's to spend time with me so you can do all those things better. It's purpose in everything that you do. When your life is in God's hands, that means you are, are designed to fulfill something powerful in your life. That means it's a purpose for everything that you do. God cares about everything that you do. God cares about everywhere that you go. God cares about everyone who you know. Yes. Everyone you know, God cares about. It's a purpose for everything. He says one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. That we fill that void when we leave our home if we don't spend time with God. Yes. Like he's saying that I take me with you. That's good. Take me with you. So how are we living our lives right now? Are we living our lives the picture of Martha, just so busy and distracted with this life stuff. And all those things aren't bad. But are we living our lives like Mary sitting at Jesus' feet? Amen. Are we doing good? Yes. So I want to give you two objectives to consecration. You ready for the first one? The first one. Transformation. Transformation. Everybody say transformation. Transformation. Very important. Nowhere in scripture it says an encounter with God happened without of some measurement of change. If you experience an encounter with God, you will change. So that's why, that's why sitting at his feet is important. So God can transform you. Right? See, when you have an encounter with God, it will change you. So it, 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 will, often be not, it will often not be what you expected. Right? So Mary's encounter, uh, 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 first encounter with Jesus uh, um, was in uh, John 8, 
um, um, verse 2, it says, it says here, Now early in the morning he came again in the, in, into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and Pharisees brought, him, uh, um, brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had sat her, her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what to do, you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stopped, uh, stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. I love this part. So, so, so when they continue asking him, he raised him up, um, himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by, uh, by their conscience went out by one beginning with the oldest, even, even the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She says, no, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither did I condemn you. Go and sin no more sin no more. I love this story. I love this story. This, this kind of tells me that, that Mary already had a relationship with, with Jesus because she already recognized him as, as Lord, right? And so Jesus kind of, he kind of, so they, you know, we, we hear the story that they, they were accusing uh, Mary with, a, with adultery or, or whatever. And so, um, so Jesus threw a line, uh, drew a line in the sand, what was most imp important. See, Jesus was defending where she was going, not where, where she was. Amen. Jesus drew a line of who she was becoming, not, not who she was. So this is an amazing, amazing story. Jesus drew a line in the sand, right? Drew a line in the sand. So this is not who this woman is. Jesus drew a line. I love when Jesus defends us. Yeah. Amen. So when you have a relationship with, with God, God knows that we make a mistake, but he, he'll draw a line in the sand. So we, he, God drew a line in the sand when he gave Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. Yeah. See, this is not, he says, this is not who you are. You're not what your accusers say that you are. Mm. You are not what your accusers say. You are a child of God. Amen? So when we have doubt in our lives, when, when, when we go through tough times, God should remember that line that, that uh, God drew, uh, drew in the sand for your life. Yes. Are, you, are you with me right now? Yes. So in my own life, so we need to draw a line in the sand when we are tempted by our own expectations. Right, we need to say, say God, God is most important right now. In my own life, when I come to Jesus, I usually have a lot of my own expectations, right? But uh, he has his own plan and often different from mine and always better, always better. 
I might expect him to give me answers on one question I have, and instead he just gives me more of himself. Have you ever gone through that? Yes. Right? I might expect him to guide me to a specific route he wants me to take in my life, but instead he reminds me to just seek him first and everything else will follow. I might expect him to take certain sorrows or troubles out of my life, but instead he just tells me to trust him and wait patiently. I might expect him to teach me one thing, but he teaches me another instead. Whatever it is, Jesus likes to surprise us and reminds us that he's got it under control. He's got it under control. See, the objective to consecration is transformation. So it's that encounter with God. It's never what we expect. Always expect God to move in a different way. Expect God. But transformation is vital because this leads me to my next point, transformation and, and then empowerment, right? See, God does not change you just to change you. He changes you for duty. He changes you for duty. So if you look at the picture of Martha and Mary, it's not that Martha was a bad woman, right? He was just saying that what Mary is doing is most important. See, I'm preparing her to do what you're doing. I'm preparing her for duty. You follow me? See, he changes you to empower you. See, transformation always precedes duty. Transformation is the foundation for all duty. Right? So, but because sometimes the stronghold of rejection, duty becomes more attractive. What is it? Horse before the, no, cart before the horse, right? We put the cart before the horse sometimes. But it's that moment that we need of transformation of sitting at his feet, spending time with God, right? But sometimes we get so impatient Like we always want to go somewhere. We always want to do something. We always want to do better. And those are all great things. But God's saying, I need to work with you for a season. Like I need to work with you. I think about my life right now. I don't know where I will be if God answers some prayers that I prayed about. (laughs) See, I wanted God to expedite certain things. But I look back at my life the struggles, and, and uh, you know, I felt like the unanswered prayers. I'm like, praise God, he did not answer the, that prayer right then. Because I would not be the person that I am today. See, back, so I, I felt like I just wanted, it was, I was so focused on, okay, God, what are you going to do? I want to do the next thing. I want to do, I want to be great. I want to do this. I want to I do that. But what, what's, what's most important to God is everyone else. Who, who I come across, you know, relationships that I had. That's what's more important to God. I had to realize it's not just the focus on me. It's the focus on everyone around me. It's important. It's amazing how God can use you to speak to someone, to build a healthy relationship with someone. To me, that's, that's, that's more attractive, Right? So people leave a place of transformation to be drawn into duty. Duty. 
So we have that need of significance, right? That's why, this is why we see devastations in church. Because we do have a lot of ministers, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of pastors, right, that probably go into duty too soon. Yeah. That's why we have church hurt, right? We have a church full of church hurt. It's because of decisions that, that, that some leaders make, yep. right? I mean, as a leader, you must build healthy relationships. Yeah. You must build a healthy church. Never said a, a perfect church, right? Be, but because it's not perfect, that means you have opportunity for it to become healthy. So that means you have to deal with some things. So as leaders, you must be healthy. That, that must be your goal is to become healthy, right? So that way we can love on people. We can lead people the way that God wants us to lead them. So as pastors, we need to consecrate ourselves. As leaders, we must consecrate ourselves. We must be spending time with, with the Lord, Amen. right? So our, that vision that we have must be from God. Yes. And if it's from God, we need to wait for God to fulfill it. Yes. Come on, we, you with me? Yes. So transformation comes before duty begins. You won't even understand the duty without transformation. Transformation is the starting point. See, your duty is whatever the Lord is calling you to do, but transformation is the foundation, right? If you forfeit the process of transformation, you disqualify yourself for the duty. You know what that means? Like you can do certain things that you feel like you're called to do, but you do it with no power. You do it with no power. It has no effect. It has no effect. Right? You do it with no power. It's just like, so you, you just, if you forfeit the transformation process, you disqualify yourself for the duty. Listen, I have some dreams. I have some things that I know God's calling me to do. I just got to stick with the process. I think, see, duty is easier than transformation. Because duty, right, because duty is just is being led by the grace of, of God, right? Duty, we can, we, can, we, can do, we can do work, right? We can do certain things. We can, we can rely on our gifts, yeah. right? Because gifts comes without re repentance. So, so do, a duty is easier than transformation. Transformation is, it takes honesty. It takes humility. It takes patience, right? It takes conviction, right? It's, it's just it's being truthful with yourself. It's just like looking at yourself. It's like, I don't, sometimes I don't like to look at myself. <laughs> Spending time with the guy, it forces you to look at yourself, <laughs> right? You know, so in that secret moments of, of, of life, it, it forces you to look at yourself. So, transform, so uh, transformation is harder than duty. It just, it takes work, right? But transformation gives you the power for duty. See, transformation challenges you to reflect on your motives. It's like, okay, why do you want this? 
No, I, listen, I have moments with, with the Lord and I ask God for, 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 for things. Like God, there's no place for, for false humility. You, you know how we like to manipulate, you know, sometimes we like to manipulate God. Like, God, I want this, so I want other people to be blessed. Really? <laughs> or do you really want it for yourself? <laughs> it, you know, that's like false humility. It's like, oh, you, you really, you know, sacrifice yourself. You want it for everyone else. No, you really want it for yourself. So when you, so that transformation process is like, it, it challenges you to reflect on your motives. Like, why do I really want this? Like, why do we want to build a healthy, or why do we want to build a church? Right? No, it's got to be the, uh, the same reason why God wants the church to be here. The people that, to see a, a, a light in the community, a safe place, a place where we can be, get healed, a, a place where we can be empowered, a, a place where, you know, this, that where people are bringing heaven to earth. Right? I, I love to be surrounded with, with kingdom-minded leaders, pastors, right, that have a heart for, for, for people, to God's people, that just want to bring um, heaven to, to earth and no other motive. I, I love that. We have our struggles, right? You know, God, you know, we're, we're humans, we, we, we have our struggles, but it's like when we get around talking with one another, it's always about someone else. Always about someone else, the ministries that we have, and then we are, we, we're thinking of, of other people in, in mind. I love that getting around kingdom-minded people where they just, you know what? I want to see people get touched. I want to see people get healed. We get we get tired of people seeing people in the same place Amen. in their lives, Amen. right? Yeah. It's like we serve a bigger God, yeah. a bigger God. We serve a bigger God, like. He, he doesn't want you to be in the same place. Quick plug. I, I love Pastor Pete's, uh, Emily's uh, ministry, Cara ministry. If you don't know, you're going to ask him about it. But it's, it's all about um, blessing um, um, single moms. Yeah. Right? Because the desire is not to see them in the same place, not to see them in, in bondage and all that. Because if you love God, if you have a relationship with God, everything should be moving forward. Everything should be about moving forward. Right? Everything should be about moving forward. So I, so I realized as, as a leader, God challenged me what the pulpit is about. See, the pulpit is not, a, not about me. I, I realized that the pulpit is about pulling people out of the pit. So we need to pull people out of depression. We need to pull people out of poverty. We need to pull people out of bondage. Amen. He says, he says, son, I need you to stand at that pulpit and just pull people out of their situations right now. Let them know who I am. Let them know how good I am. Let, let them know that they don't have to be in the same position that they're in right now. Yeah, amen? amen? Amen. God wants to pull you out of that situation that you're in right now. But we need to consecrate ourselves and spend time with God. Yeah. Don't let that be a lost art. Mm. As you see Mary sitting, if we could put up that picture, Mary sitting at the feet 
of Jesus. And she's learning. She's learning from him. So when he walked in the room, she didn't think about, I have to do something, I have to do something, I have to do something. The first thing she thought of, I need to learn something. I need to, I need to, because she had a history with Jesus of him delivering her, pulling her out of her situation, pulling her out of bondage, healed her from a a, a demonic spirit. This is the life that God wants us to lead. This is how you get empowered to do what he's calling you to do. This is how you break chains, get out of strongholds. This is, this is how God answers the questions that you have. This is how God answers prayers. This is how God show up in an impossible situation in your life. It's sitting at his feet. And this is how you change, you help God change others. This is how God use you by sitting at his feet. So as, as believers, when we talk about consecration, this is a perfect example of consecration. Yeah. God, I'm just sitting at your feet, learning from you, giving up myself to, for something bigger in life. Yeah. So we need to see evidence of change. So what's the evidence of change? when you choose the best portion of Jesus like Mary did. (laughs) When you take your everyday, ordinary life, your eating, sleeping, going to work, walking around in place, and place it before God as an offering. See, we cannot be well adjusted to the culture that you fit in without even thinking about it. God always wants us to stand out. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed inside and out. So I want you to ask yourself these questions as I close. Do I really seek to pattern my life after Jesus rather than a culture of marriage or a personal fantasy? Do I truly desire to be the person God designed me to be, not my idealistic version of me? Do I hunger to know Jesus more than I hunger for any other knowledge, status, or achievement? So it's about transformation. So ask yourself these, these questions. So it's about transformation. It's about change. Like our family needs to see us change as believers. Our workplace, our neighborhoods, our community needs to see change. What attitude needs to change? Attitude that doesn't glorify God. What behavior, what habit needs to change? It can only happen if you spend time with him. 
Jesus says one thing that's necessary, one thing that's necessary for you to do what he's calling you to do is to spend time with him. It's the one thing necessary. And Mary has chosen the best portion, which would never be taken away. That encounter with God would never be taken away from you. You will always have that encounter. How many experienced the encounter from God before? And you remember it like it was yesterday, that encounter when God just swept in and changed your situation. It's all about change. It's all about change. God doesn't want us to remain the same. Change, transformation before duty. That's so you can do it right. When you do it, it glorifies him and not us. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.